0: Hey Changemaker, it's Holly Rustic here, and I coach freelance grant writers through business design and skill mastery so you can 10x your results all from the comfort of your own home. All right, guys, so within that, we are picking up from last week's episode on the Proven Grants formula, as we are now on the R. So last week, uh, we talked about the G in the grants formula. And if you have not had the opportunity to listen to that, please check it out as we went over what it meant. And what that meant, the G means, is get the FOA or RFP and use it as your template for your grant application. So FOA stands for the Funding Opportunity Announcement and RFP, of course, is Request for Proposal. There are some great gems in that episode, so please check it out as that is episode 83. You also get a downloadable and mini video series, um, which also applies to today's episode as we roll out the R in the grants formula. And the R stands for research needs problem statements. So if you wanna grab that downloadable, you can jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 84. So you can get that entire formula, which will also be out in the new book, yay. Uh, So really excited about that. And um, yeah, there's a whole new downloadable for that. So we're really excited about that. And it's gonna outlay the entire grants formula, which is a proven formula to help you 10X your grant applications. All right, so we have talked about researching for problem statements and needs before on this podcast. But number one, repetition is key. And number two, I'm gonna give you some new nuggets and examples today. This is gonna be great for those of you who are still struggling with the, the problem section, the need section and the grant application, or maybe you don't score very high on your grant applications. Today's gonna to be pretty short, but man, if you just apply what I'm going to teach you today, you are going to really get amazing scores on your sections for problem statement or needs in your grant applications. And it's gonna help you even score higher on your entire grant, especially the narrative portion, because your problem statement and your needs and just doing the research is gonna help you guide your projects guide the development of your project. So it's really good. But before we get into today's episode, I'd like to give a shout out for one person who left a review on iTunes. So super excited. On iTunes, we love getting our reviews. And on any of the podcast listener Players that you may listen to. It's great to get those reviews. So, thank you so much. So, this one uh, was on uh, Apple Podcasts in the US from Dorothea. She titles it Upbeat and Informative. Love hearing Holly discuss such a daunting topic. The way she delivers her info and makes it much easier to approach the steps towards grant writing. I'm fairly new to grant writing and I didn't realize all the available tools online. Immensely grateful for her website and podcast. So thank you so much, Dorothea. I so appreciate you listening to the podcast and leaving such an amazing review. That makes my heart so happy. If you are a listener of the podcast, I would love to see a review on iTunes or on any of the podcast players, and if I don't shout it out here, I may not see it on all of the different podcast players, so you can always just take a snapshot of it and email it over at holly at grantwritingandfunding.com so I can see your review and possibly say it over the air. So very, very fun. All right, so this is amazing. So let's get into it today. So the R. So researching needs, problem statement from the grant formula. All right, so providing research, statistics, surveys, and other types of data in supporting your need are vital for writing grants. I even include statistics and letters of support as this demonstrates a great level of need for both the person, let's face it, who you're asking, you drafted the letter of support and you're asking them to sign it, and to the funding agency. Always demonstrate why your project is needed. If you do not have a strong why, then funding sources will not understand how their dollars will benefit anyone or anything. And just a little note here, here's some little tapping in the background. My little daughter, she is, she's rolling out some slime on the table right now, so we don't want to interrupt that. Um, So anyway, she's having fun. She just had her eighth birthday, so it's been very exciting Um, And she's playing and has a party today. So anyways, let's get back into it. So always demonstrate why your project is needed. If you don't have a strong why, like I said, then funding sources, how are you going to convince them to fund your project? But be careful. Don't just throw in verbiage into your grants or letters of support that your project is needed because there's a lot of problems in the community, right? So, oh, we have a big need. If you just keep repeating that you have a big need without demonstrating what that need is, that's like someone trying to talk to another person that doesn't speak their language and they just keep speaking slower and louder, thinking the other person's going to magically understand their language in that way. Mm, Yeah, it doesn't really translate. There is no translation there, right? So instead of just copying and pasting that saying, Oh, our project is needed! You actually need to show specifically why. This is done through research. You must get statistics and data and back it up with sources to demonstrate the need. Research demonstrates that you did not pull your statements out of the sky. And it also shows So even if you said, because, you know, there's a huge need in our community because 75% of the teenage youth have some sort of misdemeanor right? So I mean, that would be huge. But anyways, but where did you get that from? Right? What did you just make that up? Like you have to cite where you got your source from. And we're going to talk about that today. So research also demonstrates that there is a credible problem that your project is going to solve. So if there's no need for your project, then why fund it? Right? So let's look at some examples of problem statements. So example one, it, maybe somebody just puts, there is a high number of teenage pregnancy in New Mexico. And that might be true, but is that a sufficient problem statement? I mean, it's a good start, but it's not a measurable statement. So what you think is a high number may not be considered a high number to me. Also, how do you know that it's a high number? What are you comparing it to? So let's go ahead and, and look at example two. The teenage pregnancy rate in New Mexico is the highest in the nation with 62 out of 1,000 teenage youth pregnant compared to the U.S. average of 18.8. And then in parentheses, you put CDC, 2017. Do you see the difference? I provided statistics and used a comparison and also cited the source so you know where I got the statistics and the source was CDC right? So that is key. So you can really see the difference. Let me just read them side by side again. So you can really see what that difference is. So example one is there's a high number of teenage pregnancy in New Mexico, or there you could say there's a high rate of teenage pregnancy in New Mexico. Example two. The teenage pregnancy rate in New Mexico is the highest in the nation with 62 out of 1,000 teenage youth pregnant compared to the US average of 18.8, CDC 2017. So you can see how powerful this second one is because even in the first one, if you're saying there's a high rate of teenage pregnancy, I'm saying, once again, what is high? Where are you getting that information from? And what is it high compared to? So if you, the second one provides all of that information so you can really say that is a problem, right? That, that's huge. So for writing the needs or problem area of your grant, where do you find that information, right? Where, where am I getting that from? <laughs> and actually this is a true statistic. A lot of time I use fictional examples. This is actually a real example because I really wanted to show you kind of the process of this. So where can you find information? Well, you can get it through statistics, and that could be through newspapers, peer-reviewed articles, books, or other credible sources. You can also utilize reports such as the Department of Labor Bureau report. This was a CDC report, right, that I grabbed this information from. There's different census reports, you can also utilize surveys so needs and strengths assessments facebook polls online surveys all different kinds of things you can survey you know the teenage moms in your group and say hey what do you guys need what are the biggest you know needs that you have or barriers that you're facing and get information from that and you can cite that research and then provide really good information to back up your reason why why you're developing that project it doesn't have to be complicated So that's testimonials. So you can get letters from your beneficiaries. So you could get letters from the teenage pregnant youth. You could also get focus group statements. So you could sign a focus group and you could have like more free-flowing conversation in that and have some more case study kind of information to back it up. You can also do interviews, online interviews, in-person interviews, over-the-phone interviews, etc. So there's so many different ways that you can actually get the information and the statistics and the research to back up your why. So as you do your research, make sure that you bookmark your pages if you're doing online research, right? And you track all your resources. So if you would like to get a free Excel sheet, you can go ahead and go to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 80. And I can also put the link on this one, grantwritingandfunding.com slash 84. This is today's episode. So you can see, you can get a downloadable Excel sheet to show you how to track your research. Because you do want to ensure that you're putting the resources as footnotes or if you're able to attach additional pages to your grant that you include a bibliography. And that's basically to show, like I said, if I didn't have, you know, if I have CDC that's 2017, then you can really give the full breakdown on that. Like where exactly, I mean, CDC 2017, CDC published published a lot of stuff in 2017. So where specifically am I getting that information from? You're not going to put all of that in the narrative portion of your grant. But like I said, you can put it as a footnote or you can attach a bibliography to show the direct place where you got that. Right? So, um, definitely check out that if you want to get that resource, but we are going back to freshman composition, (laughs) a lot of ways, right? You do think of that, think of freshman comp. You do need to show where you got your information and this will set you apart from others who may have referred to a study or two, but never included their bibliography or showed specifically where they got their information from. So what do you include? Well, at the very least, include the author's last name, the title of the publication, so the name of the article, paper, study, the page number, if applicable. You may not, you may be getting this from uh, letters, uh, uh, testimonials, right? Those sort of things. The website URL, if applicable, and I do just kind of put that in here because a lot of grant writers' research is done online. And of course, the date. So you're going to put the date of when the study was conducted, of when that article was written, or when you did that focus group, right? Or when you did that online survey, you want to include the date as well. So really, the main things, the author's last name, who actually did the research, the title of the publication, and the date, right? And then of course, I said page number or URL as well, if that's applicable, So if that makes sense, right? So as you go through your research, make sure that you are also including the research that really shows what the need is in relation to your project. So if you are setting up transitional housing for pregnant teenagers or teenage moms or other supportive services for these teenagers, Then show that your research really is about the needs for pregnant teenagers or teenage moms, right? It should really be driving forward your project. If we were in New Mexico, we have shown the overall problem statement of the sheer number of pregnant teenagers, right? The problem statement, once again, the teenage pregnancy rate in New Mexico is the highest in the nation with 62 out of 1,000 teenage youth pregnant compared to the youth youth average of 18.8 CDC 2017. Other research you may conduct to see if there's a gap in services for teenage mothers in New Mexico is you can look into teenage poverty, drug usage, sexual abuse, etc. So, you know, go kind of big and wide first and then narrow it down. And as you start doing more and more research, you're going to have some themes that start reoccurring that really show, show the strongest need. And I did this for you as an example So I went ahead and I went online and I said, okay, let me find out why, you know, teenage pregnancy, it is the highest in New Mexico, uh, in the United States. So why is this a problem so much? And why, you know, like, like, why to back it up? And how does this affect people? And, you know, what would be a good project moving forward that would meet the needs? So I started doing research and I found several things. The overarching reoccurring themes that I found really had to do with poverty. So I found that the U.S. Census Bureau in 2017 stated that poverty is one of the most important contributing factors to teenage pregnancy. In 2016, New Mexico had the third highest po- child poverty rate among all states. And then they said 25.9% of children aged 0 to 17 in poverty. So right there they were saying, okay, one of the reasons that the teenage pregnancy is so high is because research contributes that there's higher amounts of teenage pregnancy when there's higher amounts of child poverty. So this kind of really demonstrate didn't kind of, it really did demonstrate that. And then I did some more research and I found that power to decide in 2018, formerly known as the National Campaign to Prevent Teen and Unplanned Pregnancy, um, stated that daughters born to women in their 20s are three times less likely to become teenage moms themselves compared with daughters of teen moms. So it is a change that ripples across generations. So they were showing that there's a cyclical effect of teenage moms, then their kids will become they have a higher propensity than to become teenage mom, so it's a cycle as well. And then I did more research. See, we just keep doing our research to keep narrowing it down more and more. And I also found once again about poverty. And um, this place was this was an article that was written, and they published it saying poverty and income inequality correlate closely with teen pregnancy. And as one of the poorest states in the country. And then they say in 2014, New Mexico had both the highest poverty and the highest child poverty rate in the nation. New Mexicans seem caught in a whirlwind cycle of unprepared young people becoming parents. And that was according to the author's last name was Rich and that was published in 2014, I believe. Okay, it's 2014. So once again, you're seeing that there's a correlation There's, You know, the research is pointing that there's a correlation and you can see some of this was interesting because the stats it said okay in 2016 new mexico had the third highest child poverty rates in 2014, they had the highest poverty and highest child poverty rate. So it looked like they were starting to improve as time went by, but there was still there's that's still really really high, right? So, and then they then with the national campaign to prevent teen and unplanned pregnancy, really showing that there's a cyclical effect of teenage moms, their kids then becoming teenage moms or high, having a higher propensity to become teenage moms. So there's this this cycle, of this combination or this perfect storm, if you will, of poverty, teen pro- poverty, and then there's just a cycle of teenagers having kids and their kids having being teen moms as well. So um, it was really interesting to see all this and you could see how this would guide a project then. So even if you had this great idea and you said, you know what, we're setting up transitional housing for pregnant and teenage moms, right? So they can have housing, but you might go a step further and say, well, housing is great and that's helpful, but what can really be a change, right? What? How can we really affect behavior change? And how can we kind of add to this? So it might behoove a youth-focused or women-focused nonprofit in New Mexico to also develop a financial literacy project, workforce project, or skill project for teenage moms who are staying at the transitional housing. And you can see how conducting this research is imperative to guiding the project that will be developed. Yeah, now that you know the research, you know, you realize that you need to increase the skills and financial literacy as well so that these teenage moms can eventually become self sustaining and move out of the transitional housing so it opens up slots to other pregnant teenagers. So just by providing the housing isn't necessarily giving them the tools to advance in their skills and in their development and to get out of poverty. So this is how your research, once again, really does demonstrate your why and it guides your project. So just to wrap up today, and like I said, today's a little shorter, but I just wanted to really be very specific in this because research is so important and I hope you can see how and why it's so important for your grant application and in developing your project. Alright, so to wrap up today, researching the needs, the problem statement. Well, one, you need to find credible information through stats, surveys, research papers, articles, etc. Two, utilize specific numbers, percentages, case studies, or comparisons to show what the specific need is. Three, insert footnotes or a bibliography. Bibliography to include the author's name, publication, date, URL, or other applicable source information. Four, let your research guide the development of your project. And number five, make sure your research relates to your project. So if you were talking about you know, all this information on poverty and, and cyclical teenage pregnancy, and then all of a sudden you said, So we're opening an animal shelter. no relation at all and I have seen like not that bizarre but very bizarre like okay you've been talking about all these needs but it doesn't relate to your project at all so you really need to make sure that your research and your problem and your why and how eloquent it it is all stated with your source uh, documentation supports your project. All right, so that's what I have for today. If you have any questions, please do send me an email at, holly at grantwritingandfunding.com. Um, And also if you wanna get the downloadable that gives you a tool that asks questions that you can fill out a worksheet and also the mini video series, then please go to www.grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 84, 84, to get that. And next week, we are going to be moving on to the third phase in the grant formula, and that is the A, articulate your goals. So we're definitely gonna have that going on. We're gonna look at how you actually become really specific and really but having a good vision for your overall grant so now that you've done your needs you're ready to rock on and you've got your project you can go full full force into your project all right guys thank you so much for listening today I hope you're all having a wonderful and beautiful summer we are getting close here on Guam we actually start school very early so um, my daughter will be going back to school already oh my gosh when you guys are listening to this she's already back in school. So, um, which is, it's interesting. We get done in May. So yeah, it's a, it's a different kind of, um, flow a little bit, but yeah, it's great. So yeah, we're having a great summer and I hope you're having a great summer. Once again, if you have any questions, reach out to me and I hope you guys are all doing marvelous. All right. Do you want to join the Changemaker Tribe and get courses, downloadable checklists, samples of awarded grants, behind-the-scenes live Q&A with myself and the Tribe, and discounts on grant services? Be sure to join the Changemaker membership at www.grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash membership. Thank you for listening to this Grant Writing and Funding podcast. I hope you've enjoyed your time. For more questions, email Holly at holly at grantwritingandfunding.com or visit www.grantwritingandfunding.com.